0: Presented by Betfred.
1: An official partner of the Denver Broncos. Sign up and see why everyone is betting with Fred, the bonus king. Let's go!
0: On the official home of the Broncos. Go
1: all day. All night.
0: KOA. Welcome back to another hour of Broncos country tonight. Benjamin Albright, Nick Ferguson, Michael Coover back there producing. 56690 is the text line. You guys want to get involved in the conversation? Had a couple of different texts come in. We still want to get to some of these. From the 517, we should hope Harbaugh doesn't reach an extension with Michigan and Penner should go behind Sean Payton's back and try to recruit Harbaugh to Denver. That's a foolproof plan. I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, then, yeah. I and gonna I'm going to be honest with you. Already. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Going back to the Bears. I think he's going to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. So Iberfluss is going to be Iberloose. I believe that either Caleb Williams or J.J. McCarthy will be the next the next quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and I believe that Jim Harbaugh will be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. That's a disaster. Wow.
1: Well, I mean, because... He turned around well, a moribund I, I, Niners I, I, franchise. I'm not saying hiring Harbaugh would be a disaster. Just the fact that Chicago is once again in a similar situation they've been in for the majority of their... Tier. Well, the past, I'll say, 15 years. Chicago, the Bears have been like this as long as they've been
0: a franchise. Getting somebody in that can revitalize that offense and knows how to develop a quarterback, and we've certainly seen Jim Harbaugh develop quarterbacks. That Man, could you... I don't think that's okay. the wrong answer.
1: I think it's a right answer. The, the reason I, I I say that it's wrong because Chicago is in this repetitive cycle mm-hmm. that they have not, over the past couple of years, been able to get themselves off the hamster wheel. Right. And the idea is that, okay, well, let's go and draft another young quarterback. And I'm like, well, how does that make sense? Especially, I mean, if you're Ryan Pose, you, you, you already didn't put J, uh, Justin Fields in a good position based on not putting talent around him. Mm-hmm. So you say, you know what? Uh, let's break glass again and repeat the same thing over and over. I think you get the
0: right coach, or right quarterback in there, you're, you're fine. Fields wasn't the right quarterback, and April blue certainly wasn't the right coach. Okay, so the only get, success that the Bears have ever had in, man, their, in their history has been have been with defensive coaches, with Lovey Smith and with with Mike Ditka, and that's that's
1: based on defense because we still know defense still wins championships. What, well,
0: that's what I'm getting at though. If you go back and you look, like the success that they've had have been on, on guys like that. They've never had a coach in there that had the ability to to carry an offense. You look at the, the offensive coaches that they've had. Uh and and they they just haven't been good. I mean, Matt Nagy, uh the offense wasn't terrible with Mitchell Trubisky. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. But the defense, which which went from being very good uh his first season, number one in the NFL, to fourth to fourteenth and twenty second, just fell out. The bottom fell of the defense. You go back and look, Mark Trestman, Mark Trestman was terrible. as an offensive coach. Like what what other coaches have they gotten that were that were guys that were
1: uh that were offensive minded coaches? This is what I what is this is what I hate about this conversation because you have a lot of guys who get drafted as quarterbacks in the first round mm-hmm. who are labeled as buzz, and that's because they never set them up for perfection right. or to even succeed in, in, in even a marginal way because you bring in a play caller that doesn't fit the guy that you drafted. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's, what's more idiotic than that? Well, I, I
0: mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying I think Harbaugh is the right high. I think Iberflus and Luke you have shown they're not the guys. I think Justin Fields, he's not the guy. Wait, I
1: Now, still think about this now. Harbaugh's great at Michigan. Unless you bring in the whole Michigan squad with you, then he's going to look a little different in Chicago. He looked really good at San Francisco. He looked good at Stanford. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's been successful he,
0: everywhere he's going.
1: You know who with the linebackers in, in San Francisco? Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Yeah. Okay, who do you have in Chicago? You have one Edmonds brother, and that's it.
0: I, they'll have to retool the defense. But I, do you, Jim Harbaugh's been successful everywhere he's going. Are you betting against
1: Jim Harbaugh? Because I'm not. I'm not betting against not Jim betting, Harbaugh. I'm not betting against Jack but Harbaugh. What? I'm not betting against John Harbaugh. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not I betting w- against Mama Harbaugh. I wouldn't put my money down on the Chicago Bears to make the right decision if the organization hasn't done that thus far. Just because you bring in a coach, that doesn't necessarily mean things are going to change. Because you, you know have how to two make a top p- draft okay. picks. Do you know how to make a pizza? How do you yes, make I a do. pizza? Start with the dough. That's right. So if you don't have dough, guess what you have? You just have cheese and pepperoni. Well, that's why you go get the dough. You got two picks. That, that's, go, that's, go get the guy. Okay, well. Is it Drake Mays? Caleb Williams? Is it J.J. McCarthy? Man, you're going to have to do more than that. Just going out and getting the quarterback. Doesn't resolve all your issues like some fan bases think. I agree with that. You got you have to fix the lines. You, you yes. got to be able to protect your passer, and you got to be able to get after the other team's and passer. Who and the can't th- do those who things, the hell is he
0: throwing to? Well, they got DJ Moore there. Come on now, that's one guy. That that's one guess. Enough of one guy. No,
1: no, it's not. Listen, if you play quarterback, they got Cole Komet at tight end. He's look, all right, man. If you play you Chico- play quarterback for Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. and they told you, okay, here's what we have: Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet, and DJ Moore, go get him, Ben. They got Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Okay. All right. They got. Uh, all right. They got mm-hmm. Vee-less, Vee-less see, see if you see oh, sorry, if you were a trip, Chicago man. Bears quarterback, you got to draft a guy. So what you want get the quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. Now all of a sudden you got you got DJ Moore, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, okay, you, you got the Cole that, Komet. Okay. Okay. If that's the case, right? You, you you match one Ohio State player with the other Ohio State player. So. You roll with Justin Fields and you use those two first round picks to go get better. No, oh, forget that. You go get the, you trade Justin Fields Man. for additional draft
0: picks. You trade Man. him for draft picks to Atlanta. And then you go out and you go get your quarterback and Caleb Williams. You get a generational guy in Caleb Williams. You go out and get a generational guy in Marvin Harrison you, Jr. You
1: know what, Ben? You know how many times I've heard that in pre-draft talk about, hey, this guy's a generational player. Yeah, they get said way then, too often. Then, then all of a sudden he goes to a team and he disappears. Like, Tim Couch... Was I never liked Tim Couch. Well, 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 hold on now. Though. Now Tim Couch was a decent college quarterback. Yeah, he was an he air duggy. raid
0: guy before everybody knew
1: what the air raid and was. And then he went to Cleveland and fell off the face of the map because he and was how, an air raid guy. How, how many quarterbacks have they had? Because he was an air raid guy trying to go to the pro to the pro system. What do you mean he tried to? That's why they drafted him. It's, right. It's, if you draft a guy, it is your job to set him up.
0: And I, they didn't do that. I, I agree with. I'm with y'all. So that. so
1: so they failed him, opposed to him failing them.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I, I. But in this particular case with Chicago, I think they both failed each other. I think you had a quarterback who was what the fourth, fifth quarterback taken in that draft. He, he's a slow
1: processor, and I. I mean, I just don't. I guess I don't. Man, fan, fans should start, you know, clowning GMs and team owners the decisions they make don't just talk about the players being bust talk about those who made those decisions and then set them up as being bust too as well
0: and i'm trying to think of the guys who were who were the, the coaches in cleveland when couch got captured when drafted i think it was chris palmer because i think belichick just got fired i think couch was the guy they brought in right after they fired belichick right because they brought chris palmer in Mm, Maybe I'm off
1: on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know. Uh-uh. I don't think that's the way that happens. I'm pretty sure it was man. I'm pretty I'm sure I'm on the blank on who was who was the. I'm 99
0: percent it was Chris Palmer was the was the coach there because because uh, they fired Belichick and I'm pretty sure Chris Palmer was the guy and they drafted Couch and it was gonna because because the, then the the Browns moved to Baltimore and it was the new Browns right. So this is the first you know they fired Bill Belichick and it was gonna be uh it's gonna be Chris Palmer. Uh, and wasn't, uh, wasn't, what's his name? Uh, the Texans O.C. right now. Slowick Wasn't his daddy like the O.C. then?
1: No, Bob no, 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 Sloic? no. no but Bob, Bob, Bob was on the defensive side of the ball.
0: no oh, that's right. He was the D.C. for the Browns yes. that year. That's right. Bob was the D.C. for the Browns that year. Who was the O.C.? Let's look this up. Because Palmer was the head coach and he would have been the de facto O.C. But I'm trying to remember who his, like, QB's coach was. I know, um. I know Sparato was on the O line, and I know they had Wisenhunt on that staff, but he wasn't the OC. He was still young in his career. I try to remember. I, I For the life of me, I can't remember, man. I, I wish I could. Um, cause that was Huffnagel. Was it Huffnagel? I don't know. I'm, I can, gonna, anyway, I'm gonna find this. I'm out. just trying to remember. But I, I know what happened with Tim Couch. Tim Couch was drafted out of Kentucky, and Hal Mummy and Mike Leach were running the the offense there in Kentucky. And it was the air raid before everybody knew what the air raid was. They just saw the monster numbers. and They were like, oh, this guy can throw. He's, look at these numbers. And it was a dummy down system with super easy calls. And then he got to the, the NFL and he had these verbose wordy calls he didn't understand. And the next thing you know, he's drowning in information on a, what, what amounted to an expansion team at that point in time. Whose fault is that? What's the, I mean, it's a combination. It's a combination of the same thing happened to uh, Derek Carr, David Carr. You go to an expansion franchise that doesn't have the offensive line set, and and you're trying to you're, you're trying to adjust from a system in college that's super easy
1: to to something that's a lot more difficult, and you're drowning. Yes, but that happens to every player. Tim when Couch you, got sacked 56 times that year. that's because he only dropped back to pass 399. They did not set him up to succeed. One time, one year, about two years ago, here, two years ago, I'm uh, watching the Cleveland Browns game. And obviously, you're looking at the fact that Cleveland is going through so many quarterbacks over and over again. Right. And I just said, hey, man, could you imagine if Troy Aikman actually was drafted by the Cleveland Browns? Woof. We, we wouldn't know who he, who he was. Yeah, he'd been a footnote. Oddly enough, <laughs> guess who tweets me back? It's Troy freaking Amen, right? <laughs> and he <laughs> says, you know what? Absolutely. Right? That's exactly because what would have happened. Because Jerry
0: Jones set the Dallas Cowboys up by working on the offensive line. Yeah. whatever you think of Jerry and all that kind of stuff, he understood the game of football in that, in that era, and he understood what you do. The first thing you're doing, and this is why I keep telling about the Broncos and this air quote tank and everything else, is I'm looking at this offensive line. I'm like, really? You want to put a rookie behind this line? You got a you got a guy who's been in the league over a decade and he's struggling behind it. You want to put a rookie behind this and ruin him? Bingo! Ding 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 ding. But but everyone if thinks that's me. It's brilliant
1: thing though. I know if it's me, it's a bro your
0: thing. If it's me, we're spending all our draft capital the next the next year this this coming year on both sides of the line on the defensive line and the offensive. We're spending everything. We might go grab a, another corner, but basically we're spending everything on the lines. And then if we need a a rookie quarterback, our offensive line is going to be showing up to the point where we can go get a rookie quarterback and put him behind and he can have confidence that he's going to have the protection he needs. Go look at the Houston Texans. Go look at what they got for C.J. Stroud. They they put a lot together. Now, the Texans, they, they had some injuries to that line. They piecemealed it together. But the Houston Texans have put together an offensive line over the last couple of years. They traded for Laramie Tunsil. They drafted Titus Howard. They went out and got Shaq Mason. Free agency, they had a George Fant, Jared Patterson through the draft. They went out and got people along that offensive line because they knew they were getting a quarterback and they knew
1: they needed to protect him. That was that's that was a priority. And once again, the question, like, here's the question when you started talking about offensive line. It's would you rather go out and Go and draft young offensive linemen, mm-hmm. or dip your toe in the veteran pool because once again, it all depends on it, where you feel as though you are as a
0: team. Combo both. I think you need a veteran offensive lineman on there that can coach up the young pups on there, but you yep. also got to draft to fill that out and keep you know keep the the churn and burn going. I I think that the main thing, um, you know when, when you're when you're looking at getting that kind of stuff and putting that line together. You've got to have a nasty offensive line that knows that they're protecting their young quarterback. They know they got a young pup back there, and they got to keep him clean. It's different when you've got a veteran back there, and you're like, oh, he can, he can compensate for our deficiencies.
1: Very true. Like, for me, when I first came into this league as in my first year, uh, playing against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I think, it's, uh, I think John Runyon was there. And I think Runyon was playing right tackle. When, when you talk about a guy who possess that attitude that you want, great leader in the locker room, mm-hmm. but nasty, nasty, nasty on the football field. Mm-hmm. It was almost like he, was, he blocked guys like they said something about his mom. Mm-hmm. That's the way that he was. That's the way you got to be. Yes, and for me, coming up in the league at that time, I just got used to offensive linemen just being that type of way. You know, just being that kind of downright nasty guy. When they get their hands in on you, they're trying to drive you through the ground. Mm-hmm. You need those types of guys. So I'm in favor of the mixture of young guys and the veteran guys. Using the veteran guys to set the culture, but having all veteran guys, no, having all rookie guys, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it.
0: I I agree with you. And I, I if it's me, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles model. They'll have one extreme veteran. And then guys will get younger, and they just keep reloading. Like Lane, Lane Johnson. Yeah, that's it. Well, they had Jason Peters, yep. and they had Lane Johnson. Now Lane's a veteran, mm-hmm. and they got the younger guys coming back through. You know, and and they continue to make investments there. And by the way, they've got the best offensive line coach in football, Jeff Stoutland. That guy is is absolutely the guy. If in fact, if I was if I was Harbaugh and I'm going to Michigan, I'm offering <laughs> Stoutland my OC job. It's a title job, but I'm offering him a huge pay raise and an OC title and a title bump. Come be my guy. And teach my offensive line. We're gonna have the nastiest line in football.
1: Yeah, you you need guys with that that grit, that attitude. Like, man, we don't give two nickels about anyone, mm-hmm. right? Like, I I think I hear my my uncle would always talk about what the Washington Football Team offensive line, the Hogs, what 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 right. they were like, yeah. Under, how uh, they used to drag people. Bugle, I think? Yes, yeah. and you look at the Miami Dolphins. My dad would always tell me about the Miami Dolphins offensive line from that '72 uh, team, mm-hmm. uh, and how Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris used to run behind you know that offensive line. You need role graders like that, not just guys who are bona fide role graders based on their size, but guys who possess that that attitude. You you want, for me, I want the na- my, the nastiest group to be three groups. Mm-hmm. My offensive line, my D line, and my linebackers. Yeah. I want those three guys, those three groups. My offensive be, line yes. and my
0: front seven on D. Yes, yes. absolutely. I'm, I'm there with you. Nasty. We, we built a hell of a team, dude. Like, yes. we got, we're, we're simpatico on Nasty. this. Nasty. But that's what I'm doing. It's like if I'm, if I'm the Chicago Bears, yeah, we're punting on fields and getting whatever we can for. It. We already have two top picks. We're going to get a quarterback out of it. A better quarterback. Yeah. We're going to get a receiver out of it. We're probably going to get some defensive help and some offensive line help out of all this.
1: You know the perfect o- offensive defensive line uh that came to mind was the longest yard. Hmm. Right? I mean you could choose uh, you go to the, the original with Burt Reynolds, or whatever, yeah. but 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 not not the convict type. So right. let me get that straight. But just guys who just don't really care. Yeah. Right? They only care about one thing. Put destroying, destroying the, thing. the put destroying the person in front of them. Right. That those are the type of guys like give give me some more Kevin Mawise. I'm here for it. Give me Kevin Wise. Yes, yes, I, Some Tom Nayland guys, right? Like Tom always wore these uh, dirty uh, gray shorts all the time, and his his shoes, his cleats, uh, were taped up at in the front. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, they they'll give you some more cleats if you want them. But I want those grimy type guys. They don't care how they look. They don't care.
0: the 605. So Ben, you've been beating up on Sean Payton since before he was even hired. What's your point in all this? It's not like he's going anywhere in the next four or five years at 18 million a year. Well, he doesn't quite make 18 million a year. Actually, that's a reported number but it's wrong. Um, As for the rest of it, I mean, Sean Payton's here. I'm not trying to beat up on him anymore. I'm just at the point where I want everybody, like I had concerns before he was hired and now that he's gotten here, I've seen that manifested and I'm just, I'm at the point, I don't want, I'm not trying to take a victory lap. I'm trying to fix it. I want to, I want to, I want to cover winning football. You, I'm getting mad here. I want to cover winning football. I'm tired of sitting behind a microphone, looking at a team that's losing, and knowing that there are things that we can do to fix this. And, and I get that it's easy to say from sitting behind a microphone, but some of this
1: is easy. Fix the trenches, start there, and build out. Well, when we come back, I want you to tell me what's the better fix? Duct tape or crazy glue?
0: I'm a Gorilla Glue fan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rockless country tonight. can <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty,
0: Country tonight. Touchdown, Denver! Presented by Fred
1: an official partner of the Denver Broncos. Sign up and see why everyone is betting with Fred, the bonus king. Let's go
0: on the official home of the Broncos. Let's go
1: all night,
0: all night. KOA. Welcome back to a Broncos Country tonight. Benjamin Albright, Nick Ferguson, Michael Kuver. 56690 is the text line. Got plenty of guys text trying to get some of these. From the 406, what time is the start time for BCT? Well, that's 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, from the 303, we'll see you win another game this season. Is there a more undisciplined team in the Power Five than CU? Man, that was a crushing defeat that they uh, they snatched a loss from the jaws of imminent victory from on Friday.
1: Yeah, I, I, was, I was there, so I saw it unfold right before my eyes. And there was a moment when the score was 29 to nothing. I thought about leaving, but something said, you know what, you might want to stick around. Now when I think about it, I wish I would have left. So I didn't have to, uh, to see what, what I saw. It was kind of unfortunate. You, you lose to the worst team in the Pac-12, a team that was 1-4, and four, and I always wondered about that. As far as for CU, I mean, they played uh, Arizona State, who was one and four, and they had their, their their struggles, and that that game went into extra, you know, extended mm-hmm. time, and then you do it again with you know Stanford. So there's a lot that Coach Prime will have to do with his guys up in Boulder to get them back on a horse after coming off of of a bye week. But that that was a real disappointing uh, game to watch. For sure.
0: Yeah, it it was... Uh, you talk about a team that needs to learn how to close it out. Coach Prime's got to drill that into him. You can't get cocky. You can't get arrogant. You can't get... You can't sit on a lead. If there's anything that football teaches us that even with the lead, you've got to be aggressive
1: in closing it out. Well, that goes back to, uh, you know, scheme coaching, right? And then... I agree. The, you know, here's the thing that got me. That the CU Buffs, when Stanford got inside the red zone, mm-hmm. they had... Three times. Mm-hmm. Three times where they had 12 men on the field. Yeah. And one time you get me because things can get really get chaotic. It. But to get me three times. Only well, once, well, like, shame
0: on me. Yes. Only well, three times. Yes. Yeah, it was, it, it, I mean, that's, it was ridiculous. And to see the penalties like that, and I think the Texter's right. It was, it was completely undisciplined. Uh, and, and a lot of that's on coaching. I mean, you, you've got to, you, you have to be on top of the players that need to be in there or be out of there. And the players need to be on top of, do I need to be in there or be out of there? You can't have a legal illegal substitute. How many times was it? Three of them.
1: Three. I mean, just like wow. There, there was a field goal too towards the end of the game where I think. See was another was, one, and they got declined. Well, 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 they had ten players instead of eleven. Oh I believe. Goodness. I was standing right in the end zone when it happened. I was like, wow, this 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 is this is crazy. But I'll say this, I mean, you you can you can and you should blame the coaching staff. But usually the head coach is going to take the brunt of it and a defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to blame the players, and I'm going to say that the other members of the coaching staff are accountable. Let me just say accountable instead of saying blame. Right. Because when you're in the midst of a game as a defensive coordinator, you're looking at personnel grouping. You have someone on the sideline who's in charge of getting you the personnel groupings, but also now you need to make sure that your players are counting individuals on the field. Your linebackers, the guys in the NFL, will be the green dot. They get the calls in. It's on the safeties and the other players to now count to make sure that you have the amount of people. And then also too, they're usually giving hand signals, mm-hmm. either it's base, nickel, or dime. Mm-hmm. Like like someone someone got exhausted and just kind of botched that up. But in in a game like that, when you're up that way, you you cannot blow that lead. Yeah, you, you can't you pull a twenty nine points. You, you just can't
0: do it. And they did. They somehow did. And um, You know, the, the question came in earlier was, uh, is there another winnable game for CU on this on this schedule? Because they're about to get in the meat of things. They're going to have a, a, a tough game against Oregon State. Yeah, well, They still have Arizona. Oregon, Oregon State used to
1: be a gimme. It's not anymore. Nope. UCLA? No, Arizona? Not, no, no, those games are not gimmies. But once again, you look at how this game unfolded because CU was known as a second-half team. Mm-hmm. Right? The second half team that did well to put up points, but just ran out of time. This game, they started fast yeah. and they just fizzled out.
0: You gotta learn how to play a complete game.
1: Yes. That's that that's the lesson in this is learning how to play a complete game. And when you really think about it, Ben, there are a lot of similarities mm-hmm. to the team over in Dub Valley mm-hmm. and the team. Over in Boulder. A they've lot a second of similar. half. Broncos
0: have been a second-half team. Yes. Mostly, well, it's just funny because the offensive production for the quarterback has been in the first half. But they've had these comeback attempts in the second half. Yes. And that should kind of tell you something. But, I, I yeah, you got to learn how to play. And kudos to the CU coaches because you've been a team that starts hot. Um, Excuse me, you've been a team that's able to catch up and not start hot. So you go, okay, you get a coach and, okay, all right, now we started hot. Now you got to finish it out.
1: And and for me, the kids got the message earlier that, that you were preaching. Yeah, you gotta start hot. They got that message. Yeah, they got that message. And then you gotta close it out. Yes. You
0: can't forget you can't just like you can't sit back at twenty nine points. No. Ask the Atlanta Falcons about Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all know about that. One. I'm just saying. At that point, the enemy's the clock. How do you get the clock down? You keep advancing the football. How do you advance the football? Execute on the field.
1: But not get lot of, penalties. But but there there were some times where pressure became an issue for Shador. Yeah. And the well, one thing I would like for Shador to do, knowing is that with your offensive line, they're struggling, when you start to when you're in the shotgun, you're already seven yards deep. Right. Don't don't retreat any yeah, further. Don't go backwards. Yes. If if, if anything, Peyton Madden. you know yeah. you know you're not scrambling back 13 more yards. Yes. And I and I know the idea is that and we've seen several quarterbacks do it. Russell, we've seen him do it in his early days. You lose ground to gain ground. Right. Right. But in this particular situation, when you get those sacks it now puts you in like you know third and long, like third and really long, in a mm-hmm. mile. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea is like when you see the pressure coming, take a page out of Peyton Manning's book. Get rid of it. Just, well, get rid of it. Just fall on the ground. Yeah. Right? So that way, you're not like third and 25. Minimize
0: that, the loss one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Let's to fight another day. Or the basic way is you see it, try to get outside the tackle box, throw it in the dirt. Throw it near the nearest wide receiver or running back. Right. Try to do that. Just don't put your team in a third and long situation. And I,
0: I get wanting to fight. I get wanting to fight to keep the play alive and I get wanting to win it, but you can't win every play.
1: That's Once again, man, you should know this. That, that is hard to tell someone playing that well, position. I, I, don't you, try to win every single time. That. You couldn't tell me that. Yeah. I'd be back there trying to do it. I get it. Exactly. Cause cause you've got to coach it out of somebody. But that's why, once again, getting back to a conversation we had earlier, why we see a lot of quarterbacks where the time is spent in the pocket, mm-hmm. 2.7. Yeah. Right? Why? Because there's a mobile quarterback, and he's moving around with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have that type of situation because – you have been known to make plays, mm-hmm. and you're trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. Because usually when someone turns on the film and says, you know what? If you just scrambled just a little little, little bit further, you could have made that play. Right. It's like, wait a minute. You I, tell I, me one thing, now you tell me another. Yes. Right,
0: yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And, and from, like, if I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, I, I can make something out of, you know, I can make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what every play. And but so they, it's a mentality. Like, yeah. they, 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 I love it about Shador because he's competitive. That's, that's what that means. It means he's a competitor. And you don't want – I don't want that – I don't want
1: to take that away right. from a player. But at the same time, discretion is the better part of valor. See, always in hindsight. Right. Always in hindsight. But when you are in the moment, I, dude, you, I get you, it. you're I'm, trying to make a play. I, he's a hyper-competitive
0: dude. I totally get that mentality. I understand that mentality because I'm a hyper-competitive dude. I get that. But you gotta you gotta figure out a way. You, you, have to, you have to understand the moment and you have to understand the bigger picture.
1: Okay, here's the bigger picture. Pressure starts to break down, take it and run it. Yeah. I do you and, try and to move forward. forward. Take it and, run it. and move forward. Yes, move forward. So quit trying to get out the
0: back door and, and, and run, go right go right through the A gaps. Yes. Go through the B gaps. Yes, but don't,
1: don't try to don't try to go out the back the back no. door in the kitchen. No, because you already know what you know. Right. You know where the pressure's typically gonna come from. Right. Off the edges. So if right. you know that, you take the snap. Nothing's looking good downfield the rocks are too developing too deep mm-hmm. take it and run it yeah' Call get your out the, own get number. Out the
0: a b or C don't 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 go
1: backwards yes if
0: it, it, I'd rather
1: you take a two-yard gain than you know all the other stuff yes and I would tell the running back hey listen hey if pressure starts to come and I don't hand it off to you we're going to turn this into a design quarterback draw you lead and i follow
0: yeah there you go and it, and that's what it needs to be it needs to be some, it, they need to but they'll get there I get people all the time asking where Shador's going to go in the draft. I don't think he's coming out. I think he's going back to school. And I think that'll be good for him. I think the one thing I'm concerned about is, is what playing behind that offensive line this year has done to him.
1: Well, when you say done to him, just kind of done to him mentally or do, have done to him from a draft stock standpoint?
0: Not draft stock. I'm talking about mentally and physically. Playing behind uh, a bad line like that that beats you up, it'll shell shock you a little bit. It will. You'll start to make bad decisions because you expect your line to be bad not hold up under protection. Creates resentment from the quarterback. I got
1: I to call my own number here because these dudes can't hold up. Well, if you think about the last play that ended the Stanford game, that's kind of what it was, right? That was the kind of play that you would have liked to see him throw it in the dirt, kick the field, go whatever, mm-hmm. Right. But it ended up in him, Shador Sanders, trying to press, trying to make a play happen and throwing the interception. Mm -hmm. But those are all ways to grow as an individual. And once again, this might be a reason why he may come back because you figure that you go into Porter again. Mm -hmm. You get some better linemen. Now, you know, you have really got talent and some of that talent has been able to play up in Boulder, right? Amari Miller. You know, true freshman. Yeah. Got a chance to play. Looks like he can be special. Right. So now you roll into next year, things look a lot better.
0: Right? You just get, you've got to get that line. You've got to get that line fixed. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, and, and then on the defensive side, same thing. Like, they get, they get bullied. Like, it's, it's it's one of those, it's a little bit different in college football because you have a limited window with guys and the transfer portal and all this kind of stuff. In the NFL, you need, you got to come out and you got, you got to build that stuff up right away. You're not going to get the opportunity to go back and fix it later. And the Cincinnati Bengals, I get this all the time because I tell people, Look, you want to build the lines up before you get the quarterback. And they say, Joe Burrow. And I say that's the exception that proves the rule. Look at how much Joe Burrow's gotten digged up and gotten hurt because he's played behind hilariously bad lines. He got he got injured his first year. He got, yeah. And he got man, brutal injuries. And he's he's injured again this year. And it started off poor because he he's hurt because he's playing behind a subpar line. They lost that Super Bowl because that offensive line couldn't hold up.
1: But you, but you know, Ben. Most teams are not going to operate that way. If there's a quarterback, that's there, and people talk about Drake May or whatever. And I have my, I have, I have my things as far as whether Drake May is like like a number one overall pick type mm-hmm. guy. But the idea is that if you don't have a quarterback, you draft one and then you keep drafting, which I think is the most idiotic type not, of way of doing right. it. That's not
0: the way, you, that's the way you do it on paper, but yes. that's not that's the way you do it in Madden. That's not the way you do it in real life, because in real life you're trying to craft an offense to to accentuate the strengths of the quarterback that you get, and all quarterbacks are different.
1: So how are you going to build a build a, a roster, build an offense around the guy if you're building it around multiple guys every year? Yeah, and then what happens if you're constantly drafting a quarterback a quarterback every year in the first round. That means you're terrible. It means you're not. De- it means you're not developing guys. That's first right. of and, all, it means that, you're bad. And that means that the, the coaching staff that was there before they just got fired. So you keep turning over the roster, not just the quarterback. You're bringing an entirely new offensive system, and then you're asking the guys who are veterans on your roster, mm-hmm. "Hey, guess what? We're gonna narrow- we're gonna learn a system every two years." Mm-hmm. Where's the the continuity? Yeah, there's no continuity. Because then you
0: right, then you fire, then you're firing the coaches, and there's no continuity. And that's been a part of the problem with the Broncos too. How long has it been since you've had back to back offensive coordinators? You had an offensive coordinator who's gotten two, three years. Pat Shermer's like the, the the only one.
1: Well, that's because he, his wagon was hitched to Vic Fangio, who extended, who had an extended period right. of time. Right, got two years together. But, but you go back and look, man, it's been coordinator for
0: coordinator after coordinator after coordinator. There's no continuity. There's no time. There's no. There's no way for these guys to get comfortable. You look at the at the. You look at statistically at the offense, and when you get continuity and the and the progression from year one to year two, and it is there's a direct correlation between having time to learn it and getting it down.
1: But a lot of that comes from outside pressure. Because the fan base is like, we will need a new coach. And everyone's talking about blame it. Well, somebody. And I'm going th- to blame th- the yes. OC. But but for me, you don't listen to the fan base.
0: Should never listen to the
1: fan base. Right. And, and, and with all, all due respect, because I know you
0: guys are hearing us right now. But yes. with all
1: due respect, if you if you're if you're the guy who's making decisions based on the fan base, you're gonna be sitting with them. There you go. And that's where I was going with it. And it's once again, it's no disrespect to the fan base, but you're trying to make. Decisions for the organization, Mm -hmm. and sometimes let's be totally honest. I mean, being a fan, being a fanatic, you have irrational thoughts, right? Right. You think it's like you we're playing football on paper. Mm -hmm. That's not how this works. It's not.
0: You're not playing football. It's not Madden. No, it's not. You can't just plug and play a digital guy in there, and it's gonna work. There are personalities. There's. It's a locker room you've got more to consider than all. You're trying to build around the guy and what he can do and what he can't do and accentuate what he can do and cover for what he can't do. And instead, what happens is you just keep churning and burning new guys through and the Denver Broncos become the Denver Browns goes.
1: There you go. Remember the Browns who were firing yeah. through head coaches? Every you, head, you don't and want They that. Kept getting worse and worse. You don't want that. So someone has to be the grown-up in the room. Someone has to put on the big boy pants and make the proper decision. And sometimes that decision is not making a decision, mm-hmm. as crazy as that sounds.
0: From the 719, at least Air Force is playing good football. Yeah, they are. I didn't think they were going to beat Wyoming, and they did. Uh, also from the 719, new to college football, is the best way for CU to shore up the offensive line to get players to the portal or to get five-star recruits? Uh, depends. I mean, short-term,
1: it's the portal. Long-term, it's the recruit recruits, right? Well, once again, because you don't have uh, an extended period of time like coaches in the NFL, mm-hmm. Now you're being directed to the portal. Yeah, you get the portal guys now, and yes. you try to
0: get the recruits behind them as best you yeah, can. Yeah, we get,
1: we'll get we get them later. We'll, course, we'll bring them in to, to, to kind of bring up the rear. And then these days, you got to re-recruit your own roster year to year. That, that's that's why it's college free agency. You know, but but if you want to win...
0: Because if you stack the recruits, and you've got these guys sitting back there that redshirted, what's yep. going to happen? Nick Saban's going to come along, but hey... Come on, come on over! I yes. got your play time right now. You don't have to sit behind that guy from the portal. I got you play time well, right usually now. usually that
1: works the opposite way when you talk about Alabama, Alabama right? You, know, you get the guys leaving Bama. Let me, yeah.
0: let me leave Alabama out of the equation, but everybody else, like leave Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State out of the equation. The rest of them are sitting like I got you play time right here.
1: Yep, come that's, be a star. That's how. That's kind of basically how it works. So, CU they will have to go in the portal uh, to grab some more veteran guys with a little more physical gravitas. To kind of help move them along, and especially if Shador is going to return for another season. Thing about the portal too is those are
0: usually guys that are that are upperclassmen. The body's developed at that point. Offensive line, defensive line, you need the body developed really. I mean, it's rarity where you get a a freshman who's ready to go. Um, so that there's an advantage to that. From the five one seven, is there a realistic chance we fire Sean Payton after this season? I don't think so. I think Sean Payton's going to be back for for next year.
1: Yeah. Where did that come from?
0: I. From the texture, I, I, no, Sean Payton will be back next year. Um, he's going to get, you know, a full two seasons to be able to do this. Maybe a third, who knows? But he, he's definitely going to get two seasons. I'll say that. So, um, whatever it is that I, my disappointments in Sean Payton, whatever, the, whatever anyone else's disappointments in him, he, he's he's going to get another shot next year.
1: Well, you've already established that uh, you have affinity. Let's I, call it that. For, I have for, reservations for, about him. Well, no, I'm just saying you have affinity for Coach Harbaugh. Well, I like
0: Coach Harbaugh. He was my preferred candidate this past. Yeah. You know, I wanted Dan Quinn in the previous cycle. I wanted Jim Harbaugh in this last cycle.
1: Yeah, so I get it. I get it. I understand.
0: Uh, but at the same time, I'm not rooting against somebody. Like, just because they didn't hire my guy. Like, I wasn't rooting against Nathaniel Hackett because they didn't hire Dan Quinn. And I wasn't, I'm wasn't. i not going to be rooting against Sean Bates because they didn't hire Jim Harbaugh. I hope he gets it turned around. I just had some some points when he got hired that some things I was worried about. And those have really come to fruition. That well, doesn't mean I, I don't want to take a victory lap on
1: that. I want them to fix it. I want to cover winning football. Well, listen, Broncos country, they're right with you. They want the organization and the coaches, more importantly, the players to, to fix it because victory money is not something that's only celebrated by the players.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is something that is celebrated by the fan base as well. And it's, it's about continuing that stride to make them feel great, right? To validate them for all their hard work and sacrifice in supporting this team. I, I understand that. I just want to cover winning football, man. <laughs> I'm ready to see some dubs. Hey, They say it can start Sunday. Let's make it start Sunday. Let's start
0: Sunday. Let's talk about it uh, a little bit more. Yes, we will. Listen to Broncos Country Tonight. Can't wait. plus.